week two of this series called Battle Cry. And we called it that because we're talking about worship and kind of raising that battle cry, raising kind of our level of worship because we realize that we are in a spiritual battle. Would you write at the top of your notes, because everybody who takes notes goes to heaven, would you write at the top of your notes? That's a lie. I made that up. Would you write, it's spiritual, it's spiritual, it's spiritual? It's spiritual, it's spiritual. The things that you're battling right now that you think are not spiritual, they're spiritual. The problems that it's probably more spiritual than than you're giving it credit for. You think it's just a problem in your marriage because... Because you don't pick up after yourself? No, no, no. It's a spiritual attack in your marriage. You probably think it's just a bad boss or things are just kind of off at work. No, no, no. It's probably spiritual, an attack there. You're not in a church today that believes there's a devil under every rock. But I think there's a devil under every other rock. Come on, somebody. Like, I, I just, I really do. I really do believe it's more spiritual than we give it credit for. And if it's more spiritual than we give it credit for, then you and I have to use spiritual weapons to battle against it. Say amen. It's a spiritual battle. The the thing in my marriage is a spiritual battle. The thing on my job is a spiritual battle. The problem I'm having with my neighbors and and relationship, it's a spiritual battle. The thing where I can't sleep and it's in my mind and, 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 and there's depression and anxiety, it's a spiritual battle. The relational problems I'm having with that coworker. It's a spiritual battle. That thing where I can't sleep, it's a spiritual battle. It's, a, it's spiritual. And if you're going to win the battle, you're going to have to fight it with spiritual weapons. Say amen to that. The Bible said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood or people. I'm not fighting against my boss. I'm not fighting my ex-husband. I'm not fighting our children who are, who are rebelling right now. There's a spiritual attack going on here. And if I'm going to win this spiritual war, I need a spiritual weapon to get through. Say amen to that. I need spiritual weapons. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about you using worship as the spiritual weapon that it is. To get through your battles. Now, let me go ahead and give you some bad theology. Bad theology is you can worship your way out of your battle. Bad theology. Never happened that way. In the Old Testament, matter of fact, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to preach what I think are amazing Old Testament stories to you about worshiping in a battle. You still have to fight everybody. You just get through your battle with worship. Say amen to that. So some people think God's just going to pluck you out of that and, and set you somewhere else. That's not going to happen. God could. God, God can just supernaturally deliver you. But more likely what's going to happen is you're going to have to get up tomorrow, suit up, put a, put, put a shield of faith on, get that sword of the Spirit in your hand, and worship your way through your battle. Say amen to that. And you need spiritual weapons to do it. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, For though we live in the world... We don't wage war like the world does. The world gets on Facebook and tells everybody how wrong they are and spouts off. And the world confronts their boss with that anger. And and, and the world fights and yells and screams behind closed doors with their spouse. And the world throws things and cusses. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about first service. And the world, that's how they fight the bad. The world just swings in the car. I'm, I'm going to look straight ahead so that I, you don't think I know. But the, the, come on, the world, it doesn't matter what kid is bad. I grew up, it didn't really matter which one was making the problem in the back seat. My mama just, her hand went back and whoever got hit, got hit. You know what I'm saying? 
you, if you got hit, you deserved it. You're the one. You know what I mean? And, and so I, I was good at ducking. I was kind of little, and I was better at it than my brother was. My brother's a little bigger, and so he got hit more often. Not, I love you, Mama, if you're listening to my podcast. But anyways... We're not fighting against that. There's a spiritual battle there, and we don't fight the way they do. The weapons we fight with, come on everybody, are not the weapons of the world. We don't fight spiritual battles naturally. I'm always amazed as a pastor when people come to me with spiritual answers when they're making carnal decisions. Mm, that, 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 somebody's been pastored before because they go, mm, that's been me. <laughs> I, I, I'm always interested when people come to me and say, Pastor, God told me, and I haven't seen you in 14 days of 21 days of prayer. If you're not doing spiritual things, you can't make spiritual decisions. If you're, not, if, 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 there's some, if, if you're trying to make it carnally or with your mind or your own energy or your own strength and not doing it spiritually, you're not going to win the war. We don't do it like that. No, no, no. The weapons we fight with are not like the world. On the contrary, here's the line I want you to underline in your Bible. They have supernatural divine power. That's what you need. Your marriage needs a conference. Matter of fact, our team is working on a marriage conference quickly because I think the enemy is attacking relationships in this church and in our city and in our community. But, but you don't need another book. You need divine power in your marriage. You, 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 don't, you don't just need an, another self-help thing to get out of depression. You need divine power over your mind to demolish strongholds. You don't, ju- you don't just need a better school for your children to go to. You need divine power to demolish demolish the stronghold that has your child trapped in anger is anybody listening to me today you need divine power to demolish the strongholds so we need weapons to fight spiritual battles I'm going to give you two weapons today I think one of them I'm going to preach about one of them I just I'm going to tag on to because it's a spiritual weapon it's the reason why we do 21 days of prayer every August and every January because this is a weapon in your arsenal of the believer that gives you divine power you cannot make spiritual decisions with a carnal mind and the only way to combat a carnal mind is through prayer Prayer connects you to God. Fasting disconnects you from the world. If you haven't done anything, I'm asking you this week. This, this, let's pray. Let's fast. I know we're not, we're not fasting as a whole church together, but the, fast something. Tur, turn off you know, Netflix. Come on, somebody. Tur, like, tur, turn off social media or, 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 or fast lunch or, or, or push something away or fast negativity out of your mouth. That'll work. Come on, somebody. Fast raising your voice in an argument with your home. Like just fast frowning. That'll help. Some some of your marriage will be saved this year if you'll just get happy. And just, just before you walk in, stand at that front door and fake a smile. Just... Just walk in happy and put joy in you. Come on. This is a weapon you need. And I'm calling you, listen, especially if you are in a spiritual battle. And I know that you are. I'm calling you to prayer this week. Join me at 6 o'clock in the morning. Join me Saturday at 9 o'clock. That's the only one you can come to. Move something around. Rearrange. Cancel something. Because I'm in a spiritual war and I need spiritual weapons. Amen, everybody? And our next event, listen, we don't just have events here for no reason. Let me teach you a little bit about our church structure. We're not an event-driven church. 
In other words, people come in and they go, Pastor, why don't y'all have, you know, and then fill in the blank. Well, because we don't, we don't run our church off events. Events have to work for our vision. So we, we are a vision and value-driven church, not an event-driven church. So if it doesn't accomplish a, a value and it doesn't fulfill the vision, we just don't do it. So we say no to a lot of things. So the things we say yes to are really important. And the reason why we end 21 days of prayer with a night of worship on Wednesday night, August the 28th, is because this night, listen close, this is not an entertainment night. This is not a I like their music night. This is a pep rally and a war cry, everybody. We end 21 days of prayer with worship because I got to give you some spiritual strength to go into the fall. Am I preaching to anybody but myself today? I'm encouraging myself. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to listen to my own podcast today because this, this is helping me today. The, the, the night of worship is not just about getting together. It is. I mean, I love it. I love getting together with you on a Wednesday night. I can't wait till we get our own facility and every month we'll get together on a Wednesday night. We'll pray and we'll worship together and I love that. I'm excited about doing that with you. But really what I want to do is I want to give you a rally cry to go into your fall. I want to give you a spiritual weapon. Called worship. Called worship. And last week, if you weren't here, let me just kind of give you a synopsis. We said that everybody's a worshiper. Everybody worships something in your life. I meet people who tell me all the time, Mitch, I just, I'm just not a worshiper. You know, I like this church and all that, but I'm just kind of quiet. And I know what you're saying. You're saying I don't express my worship like you do, but that's not... You're a worshiper. Everybody worships something. Worship's just whatever you put value to, whatever I give my attention to, whatever I give my resources to. We said there's a trail of your life that leads to a throne, and whatever sits on that throne is what you worship. It's who or what you worship with your whole life, with your energy, with your passions, with your money, with your, what, 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 your energy and time and thoughts and whatever consumes you, that's what you worship. Now, here's the new stuff. Listen close. That's a review of last week. Here's the new stuff you need to write in your notes. Not only were you made to worship something, everybody worships something, but we become like whatever we worship. We never had enough growing up, and so we got to have more, and we're never going to be like what we were. And, and, and if you're not careful, we'll put money and success in that throne seat where God belongs, and, and you become like what you worship. And so you become this empty thing that just looks like paper because you become like what you worship. Whatever you give your energy to, whatever you give your thoughts to, whatever you give your mind to, Whatever you give your passions to. That's why I love the dream team around here. Not that you don't have amazing careers. Not that God hasn't blessed you in the marketplace. And you're, and, and you're thriving. And you ought to. And growing. And being promoted. And blessed. But I love people that this is the highlight of my week. Come on everybody. It doesn't matter where your paycheck comes from. What matters is where your heart is. And this is the passion of my week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a doctor Monday through Friday. Or we're teachers Monday through Friday. Or we're, we're in financial services Monday through Friday. But I really come alive on Sunday morning teaching preschoolers about Jesus. I really come alive making coffee for people who are going to experience hope for the very first time. I come alive giving high fives out at a front door because there's just something about, like, I worship this. I do that, but I worship Jesus, His plan in my life. It matters who or what you worship because it starts consuming you. Here's what Psalm said. Look how, look how David says it. It says, there's, there's, if you make idols in your life, if there are other things that you put on that throne of worship, their idols are silver and gold. You, you, can, you can put anything in there. 
You, you could put money. You could put success. You could put physical fitness. You could put appearance. You, you could put anything in there. And, and, and you make it by human hands. In other words, it's something I created, I focus on. And these idols, look at this. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears. They, they, and so in, in the physical, you got to think, David's talking about physical, wooden, gold, silver, whatever idols. But I want you to look, I want you to look a layer beneath this and think, what is it I'm worshiping that has, it, it's, it talks a lot, but it doesn't really speak to me. It, it has eyes, but it can't really see what I'm going through. It has ears, but it doesn't hear me when I pray. It has a nose, but it can't smell. They have hands, next slide, but they cannot feel they, they have feet, but they can't walk, and they can't utter a sound out of their throats. And this is the part. And those who make them will be like them. That's in your Bible. In other words, those that make idols that can't see. Oh, God, I feel like preaching right now. Those who have, if you have something in your life that it doesn't have the ability to see, speak, direct, feel, touch... David said, God's word says, you become like those that you worship. In other words, if you feel hollow, can't see, can't speak, have no words, can't feel, can't get direction, it could be not that, not that God's blinding you. No, no, no. It could be you're becoming like the idol that you've put on the throne of your heart. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper than that because there's some of us who over-spiritualize our lack of clarity. Oh, I can't, I can't see where, I don't know what God has for me. I, it's been six years, and I don't know where God wants me to serve here. I love this church. I just, I, we're just still praying about where to serve on the dream team. I just don't know what God has for me. No, 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 you know, you just can't hear because you have ears like the thing that you worship. And the thing that you worship can't hear. So if you can't hear from God, you're becoming like the thing that you worship. I just, I, you, you become like this. I, 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 I have hands, but I can't feel. I have, I have a nose, but I can't smell. I have eyes, but I can't see. I have, I have ears, but I can't hear. I'm becoming like this thing that I've put my trust in. Money, success, power, fame, physical appearance. I'm becoming like it. You, you, you become like what you worship. Conversely, when we worship God and we focus on His attributes... And His holiness and His goodness and His thoughts become our thoughts. Then we begin to take on, listen close, His likeness. If, I, if you become like the idols that you worship, and you do, then you can become like Christ if you'll put Him on the throne of your heart. Which is the goal of your Christianity, by the way. That we're constantly being transformed into the image of Christ. You'll start thinking God thoughts. It's amazing what will happen when you put on a little worship music. You'll get better God thoughts than you will any other way. I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time. I'm going to go ahead and confess to you. I probably shouldn't do this. On our podcast, I'm, I'm already in it. I'll listen to worship music in the shower. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You know why? I'm kind of focused a little bit. You know, I can't do anything. I can't, I can't, I can't focus on anything else. And I'll tell you, you ask my wife, I'll get out of the shower with a notepad. Just God told me this and told me that. And he's leading me here and answered that question in my life. And uh, man, I've been praying about that. And I, I pray and pray and pray and can't get anything. And I get in the shower and turn on worship music. And I hear from God. I don't think it's the shower. I don't think it's the water. I, I, th- I th- 
Could be the hard water getting to me. But I don't think it's the water. I think it's that when you focus on God, you can be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Now his thoughts can become thoughts I have. His ways can become ways that I have. His life. You can never, never really worship God and still hate other people. If, if you do, you didn't really worship God. If you come out of a worship service and your heart's not softened, you didn't worship God. <laughs> you may have raised your hands to stretch. You may have clapped along to the beat, but you didn't engage your heart in worship. Because about two songs in this morning, everything, all the distractions in my mind move away. Because Jesus is at the center of that. You know what he starts doing to me? He starts talking to me about areas I need to work on. He puts the finger of his Holy Spirit in my life and starts saying, hey, you need to work on that right there. Hey, how you handled that right there, not right. Hey, what you said right there, not Hey, how you treated your wife right there. Hey, the thing that you're asking about right there. And I engage that in worship. In worship. Worship is the weapon. At, and I become like, you become like what you worship. It, it, whatever takes all of your attention, you become like. You start thinking like God, living God patterns in your life. You become spirit-led. Galatians, one of my favorite books in all of the Bible, talks about keeping in step with the Spirit of God. And I struggled with that for a few years in my life. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at a young age. I felt like I was spirit-led, but I would struggle with what it really meant to walk in step with the Spirit. What, what it meant to hear from the Holy Spirit. Did it mean I always walk around with, an, you know, with like a, like, a, like a connection like our security team wears with a little bit of wire coming out of my ear, you know? And I could just hear from God all the time? Or what, what did it mean to be spirit-led in my life? No, no, no. It means if I focus on God, if my attention's on Him, if worship goes to God... You have a supernatural connection to be like Him. And whatever consumes you, conforms you. Whatever consumes your mind, conforms your mind. Whatever consumes your thought life, whatever consumes your energy, whatever consumes your resource, whatever, that thing, whatever thing you're worshiping, whatever you consume, conforms you. So if I'm consumed with the presence and power of God, it conforms me, listen, and it ultimately determines the destiny of your life. The rest of this point I didn't give you on the screen is whatever consumes me conforms me and whatever conforms me determines the destiny of my life. It's where my life ends up going. You're changed into that thing. You become like that thing that you worship. And it alters your destiny and you move in a different direction. Conversely, if you put God at the center of that, if you're worshiping God, if God's the focus of it, if worship is the weapon that you use to fight, if you realize I'm in a spiritual battle, if you realize God's the only one who gives me strength, if it's the only one I'm going to win this spiritual battle in my life, then I'm conformed and my destiny changes. Now victory comes... Because I'm conformed by what consumes me. It alters me. It shapes me. It molds me. My, my, my prayer for you to, as a member of this church, my prayer for you as a part of this church is a spiritual journey. We talk about it often here that people know God and find freedom and discover their purpose so they can make a difference with their lives. That's a spiritual journey of transformation in your life, of walking with Christ. Of, of, of being spirit, walking in the spirit like Galatians 5 says. I'm, I, I want to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. Well, what, what, what was Christ's ultimate mission? Well, he said... 
that the Son of Man came to serve and not be served. So what's your ultimate mission in your life? It's to make a difference, to serve. It's to do the thing God created you to do, to make a difference for the kingdom of God. It's that I, everything now it determines where I end up by what consumes me. And your victory in your life, listen, this is the point. This is the point of today about, about lifting that battle cry of worship in your life. The victories of your Christian walk are tied to what consumes you and conforms you so that it directs your destiny. You can't expect spiritual victories along the path to worshiping other things. You can't expect God to fight your battles, go before you, confuse the enemy, give you strength, give you ultimate grace in, in, in the hardest times. You can't expect God to change the hearts of people around you if you're worshiping, chasing something else. If your path goes towards something else, if the trail your life's leaving behind to the throne is money, power, success, education, anything but God, then you can't expect spiritual victory along the way. And so... There are Christians who live on your way to heaven, but defeated the whole way. And I think one of the anointings on my life in ministry and on this church is to help Christians on your way to heaven, but miserable about it, defeated through it, beat up by the devil through it, losing a round or two to temptation and addiction and religion and apathy and laziness and lack of purpose and I just don't know what to do with my life and I don't know what happened and hurt and shame and guilt. I want to I want to raise your level to a level of victory in this life. Jesus came to give you eternal life and he came to give you abundant life everybody. He came to give you victorious life. It's not God's will for every two or three or five or six weeks or months of your life for you to be down again. It's God's will at some point for you to get on your two feet. I'm not saying it's not a battle. I'm not saying you don't get punched in the eye. But when he punches you once, it's a double punch back to the enemy in your life. Come on, don't rejoice against me, enemy, when I fall because I'm getting back up again. I'm not going to stay down and live the next five or six years defeated. Or my marriage isn't going to live the next ten years down and out and not ready to win. Shout amen to that, everybody. Who and what and when and how you worship is tied to the victories that you experience. Nobody knew that better in the Old Testament than David. King David, in the Bible, he knew that worship was the only way to win the war he was in. And David fought so many spiritual battles. Battles against his own temptations. Battles against his own sin. Battles against his own mind. David struggled so much with anxiety in his mind and, and, and fear and worry and what's going to happen and what, what about all this sin? What do people think about me? But David knew if I can worship my way through this battle, I can win this battle. What I focus on will determine where I end up in my life. And so I'm walking through a dark season, David is. Walking through a hard time in his life. He is especially walking through a hard time in his mind. He's struggling in his mind. This passage we're going to read in the, in the book of Psalms. He is, he is in a dark place in his mind. Confused, worried, 
full of anxiety, full of depression, full of... My enemies are all around. A couple of chapters before, he just talks about his enemies. I love David for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is if you read Psalms, in the same chapter, David will be cussing at his enemies and worshiping God. Come on, somebody. I love, I, love, I love people like that. He's like, God, cut their head off. Start, take, take their, one, one, one psalm, he said, just pull their teeth out. That's my favorite. <clears throat> just pull their teeth out. Like, just, just deal with my enemies. And I'm just struggling in my mind. And how am I going to get through this? And what am I going to do through this? And David, listen close. David knows the secret to success is worship. The secret to my battle is worship. The secret weapon I have against depression in my mind, anxiety in my mind, struggle and fear, and I don't know what to do is worship. And so David does what I got to teach you to do. David talks himself into worship in the middle of his battle. David talks to himself. Does anybody else talk to yourself every once in a while? Talking to yourself is not that big of a problem. The problem is when you answer yourself. <laughs> that's, that's, when things get, that's when things get hairy. Come on, I, sometimes I talk to myself uh, uh, and, and I rehearse in my mind. And I tell myself, you're going to do this. And, and you, you're going to make it through this. And things are going to be okay. And David talks to himself when he's struggling in his mind. Psalms 42 and 5. You need to make this one of your life verses. Here's what he says. Why? My soul, are you downcast? He's not talking to something else. He's talking to himself. He's not just talking to devils. He's talking to me, my mind, my heart, my soul. Why are you so downcast? And why are you so disturbed within me? I've met spirit-filled people who don't mind calling out devils, but you have a tough time calling out your own mind. You don't, have a, you don't have a problem laying hands on people demon-possessed. you got a problem laying hands on your own head and casting out that fear you got. That thing that's attacking you. That soul that's disturbed within you. That thing that's inside of you that won't give you rest at night. That keeps you up and jittery and anxious. That thing that won't give you peace and joy again. And David starts talking to that thing. Not the devil. His own soul. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm going to set captives free today in Jesus' name. Because you're, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna start talking to yourself this week. You're going to get up Monday morning and start saying, all right. Okay, all right, Mitch, here's what's going to happen today. You're not going to live another joyless Monday ever again in your life. You're going to walk in today with joy. You're going to come in today full of peace. You're not going to lose your temper again today. You're going to keep self-control today. You're going to have joy today. You're going to speak kindly today. I'm going to talk myself. And David talks himself. He says, so what's your problem? Why, I don't know why he talks like that to himself. <laughs> what, why are you so disturbed within me? And then here he starts telling his soul what to do. God, I wish I had time. He starts telling his soul what to do. <laughs> you, you see, you, you are triune like your God. God is triune. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. One person, three manifestations of the same one God. He is Father, Son, and Spirit. Triune in his essence. He, he is, he is, he, and He created you in His image, which means you're triune. You have a spirit and a soul and a body. And when you get saved, your spirit's the only thing that gets saved and regenerated. God is spirit. You are spirit. God redeems your spirit. Now your spirit's in communion with the Holy Spirit of God. Do you understand that? Shake your head this way. So guess what doesn't get saved when you get born again? Your soul and your body. They don't get saved. 
your spirit's the only part of you that's now communing with God. The rest of you, you got to work into communing with God. That's why the same writer could say that no, no works can save you. Nothing you could do to earn your salvation. Your spirit communing with God's spirit, that's a spiritual work. Only God can do that. But you still have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, how do I do both? Well, I give my spirit to God, but I tell my soul and body what it's going to do. I tell my soul and body, you're going to follow what that spirit says. You're going to do what the spirit tells you to do. You're going to be in subjection to the Holy Spirit your mind's going to be in, I'm going to take every thought captive my body captive my thoughts and David tells his soul you're going to do what you're supposed to do soul put your hope in God he did not ask his soul do you feel like worshiping today soul if you feel like it what's your truth today soul just speak your truth out loud right now Soul, just be, just be who you are in your innermost soul being thing. Universe, speak to the soul that the soul would tell me what to do. Body, if you feel like worshiping. Body, if you feel like raising your hands. Soul, if you feel like lifting you know, your hands to God, then you can. But honestly, if you've had a bad Saturday, body, soul, just take a Sunday off. You deserve it. Body, you're a little overweight. You just need rest. Body, you just don't just be just be, just take Sunday morning off. Why? That you don't have to serve every single thing. Church isn't required all the time. You don't have this isn't even your favorite song. You don't have to sing this song. Soul, I know you're tired today. Soul, I know it's been a heck of a week. Some of you say that other word. Soul, I know. I just know how bad it's been. No, no, no. David doesn't give his mind a break. David takes four verses. Read it for yourselves in in Psalms 42. He takes four verses and talks about what's wrong in his mind. And then he just pulls himself up by his own soul bootstraps. And he says, soul, here's what you're going to do today. You're going to put your hope in God. You're going to put your trust in the one who can really answer. You're going to trust a God who can pull you out of this mess. So you're not going to get downcast anymore. He said, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my... i tell you what I decided to do today. I decided to tell my soul, you're going to wake up. I decided to tell my body, you're going to get to church and you're going to worship. You're going to raise your hands. You're going to shout for joy. You're going to wear it on your face. You're going to smile. You're going to have joy. Everything's not okay. I'm still walking through hell. But I told my soul, I'm not going to let you dictate. I'm going to put my hope in God. I'm going to praise his name and his name alone. Come on, 10 more people need to stand to your feet and say, I can do that. I can give God praise in the hardest times of my life. I can, come on, somebody's struggling right now, working through it right now. Somebody hurting right now. Come on, get your hands in the air and tell him, God, I'm going to tell my soul what to do. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let my mind dictate. I'm going to let my spirit dictate today. And when you do that, come on, everybody's standing. When you do that, come on, worship team. Come on, Graylin. Get that, get that anointing on you, Graylin. When you do that, I'm teaching you how to raise a battle cry. You, you can go to another church. I'm, don't go next Sunday. Stay back here. Find you a quiet, reserved church. This ain't it. Because we're in a spiritual war. We don't have time to play anybody. 
I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm trying to rescue your children from hell. I'm trying to rescue your marriage from divorce. I'm trying to rescue your peace from addiction to pornography. I'm trying to rescue your purity from, a, from, from, from adultery. I'm trying to, re, I'm trying to rescue your, your joy from depression. I, 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 we're in a spiritual battle. Listen. David said, soul, you're going to worship God. You're going to give God your best. You're going to put your hope in the one who can answer. And when you do, when you do, this is what I love about the God of the Bible. There's an exchange that happens. Hang on just a second, Graylin, because I'm going to still point to this. Just leave it right there. You're okay? You're okay? He's, he's doing right. He didn't know I had one more. Look. There's an exchange that happens. Look at Isaiah 61. When you worship God, then the spirit of the sovereign Lord comes down. It's what you feel right now. You don't know what it is. Listen to me. Look into my eyes. If you're new to Christianity or a spirit-filled Christianity, look into my eyes. What you feel right now is not energy or vibe. It's the presence of the living God. This church is not full of vibe. This church is full of the presence of the living God, the Most High God, the God who's above everything named and unnamed. That's what you feel right now that you can't explain. That, that's, th th those are those goosebumps running up and down your arms, and you don't even know why or what. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. And when the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord comes, about verse 3, he said, it comes to bestow on them a crown of beauty for ashes. Here's that exchange. Suddenly when I tell my soul what to do, when I tell my spirit, when I tell my body, worship's how we're going to get through this. Worship's how you're going to get out of depression. Worship's how you're going to make your way through the hard season at, at the office. Worship's going to be how your marriage survives. When I do that, I start trading the oil of joy for my morning. <laughs> Come on, this is the year of great joy. I'm going to start, I'm going to start trading mourning and sadness and depression and anxiety. And you're going to wake up in the morning with the oil of joy. Oil is a salve you put on hurt. And joy will cover your hurt. And listen, you'll put on a garment of praise for the spirit of despair. Another translation says the spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise for the spirit of despair. If you come to church today with a spirit of despair, with a spirit of heaviness, with a spiritual battle, you fight your spiritual battle with the garment of praise. You can wear praise like armor. You can wear praise like a sword in your hand. You can wear praise like a shield of faith against the fiery darts of the enemy. You can wear worship if you'll do it. Listen, I'm, here's my here's the last thing I would say. You gotta let worship work. You gotta let worship work. You gotta let worship work. Come on, let worship work. Let it work for you. Let it work in you. Let it work through you. Let it work. Let it work. Hands in the air. Let it work. Let it work.